Hello everyone, thank you for joining me on this episode of Possibility Realm. Today I am really excited to introduce you to this special woman. I know everyone is special, but what makes her more extraordinary because of the interesting experience she has been through. And beyond that, she's using her experiences to inspire and to educate not just women, but to educate everyone who could find themselves in similar situation on how to avoid domestic violence. So please join me in welcoming Carleen Thompson to this episode of the show. Hi, Carleen. Hi, Manny. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your podcast. You're very welcome. Thanks for coming. I'm so excited to have you. I've been looking forward to this and I'm so happy that we are oh. to sit together. So thank you for coming. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, honestly, you know, for you to have thought of, you know, reaching out, you know, I, I'm grateful. Yeah, I had to, when I listened to you talk last time in the meeting you organized, I just felt so touched, not just because of your story. I mean, your story is incredible. It's not incredible going what you've gone through, but incredible how you went through it the strength, the courage, seeing you, you're beautiful, you're strong, you're graceful. One could hardly imagine that this is the story behind all this, all this is the experience you've been through. So I was really touched by that meeting and I felt I really needed to reach out to you because I felt many people really need to hear what you have to say. And not just that, but also how you're educating other women. The meeting I attended was specifically for women. I was inspired to see how you're educating other women and supporting them in their own trials and journeys. So thank you for coming. Thanks, Manny. It's uh, honestly, I would always give glory to God because it is thanks to him that I, uh, I didn't get killed. So I always give glory to him, you know. Yeah. It's God. Yeah, that's wonderful. Praise God. He has a purpose. Everything that Absolutely. happened, happened for a purpose. And I'm glad that you're stepping into that purpose right now. I know everyone listening now is like, oh, what are they talking about? So let's give you the opportunity to tell us in your own words what you've been through. Okay. I am a single mom of four kids. I married, I met my husband in Canada, yeah. And uh, before I met him, I had two of my first kids in a previous relationship and uh, we got married and first four years of our marriage like was really great you know and thereafter we traveled back home to Africa to see my my kids because they were still in Cameroon I had to sponsor and bring them here uh, before then I mean like when we got married I believe I strongly believe that there were, there were kind of signs, I would say, because every time we would want to go out, he would want me to dress in a certain way. You know, I didn't have a freedom to dress how I wanted to. You know, I'm more conservative in my dressing. Mm -hmm. He would want me, like, we want to go to a party, he would want me to put on jeans. I'm like, oh, no, I don't do that. And then, you know, when I refuse, he would, like, curse and then be like, oh, uh, we're not compatible. Maybe we should get a divorce, you know? Yeah, but all of that I didn't. I didn't really take note, you know. It was like I, I was like, ah, whatever, right? But then when we went to Cameroon, uh, that's my home country, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, while in Cameroon everything was fine, but then as soon as we came back, I mean, then the very next week 
he started behaving like you know strangely you know was rude and then i told him that my kid sponsorship had been approved and we needed to move because we we're living in one bedroom at the time and i said we needed to move out and get a bigger space for my kids so that when they come they at least they would be comfortable he got mad like oh come you know i, I was like you know that passed and then fast forward now i had um, my kids came on the day they were to come in canada i had just a class seven license so i couldn't drive to pick them up from the airport and you know i could have taken like the door you know but my ex-husband's friend came and said he was going to drive us to the airport he had drunk he was literally drunk so i did not want him to go to the airport in that state to go pick up my kids that that's their first time being in canada this somebody who's supposed to be their dad and they're seeing him in that state you know yeah, yeah. But he still went you know and then we went to the airport and then i picked up the kids and um did all the paperwork and when we got home from that time it was from one you know he would drink drink and then insult me and then send me to go get more drinks honestly i would go i would drive and at times i would take my son would go by get him more drinks and uh, when he would drink like that he would curse the hell out of me like insult me my kids were experiencing that but as a mom you know i was thinking like okay i have to leave because my kids can't come and grow up in this kind of environment healthy you know how do i do that that was my thing but then the more i was thinking i was strategizing the more it was getting worse you know and then uh, the first day he hit me I had my last son, you know, and we went to Cancun where all of us were supposed to go to, to Cancun for a wedding for my uh, father's friend's daughter. Okay. So all of us were supposed to go. And the last minute he said he, was, he wasn't going. So I said, okay, no, no worries. I'll go with my last son. Okay. He was 10 months at the time, yes. But he refused to sign that I take the child out of the country. I said, okay, I wasn't going to go with Ethan. And then he's like, oh, no, I had already bought his ticket. This was the day before I had to travel. Yeah. He said, like, oh, no, you have to go with him. Yeah, he signed the paper. I took the child, went. Were there just for two nights? We came back to Canada. I believe my ex-husband was extremely possessive. I had never been without him in the same space. So going to Cancun was my first time yeah. without him there. So when I got back, I believe he had something that had been building up mm -hmm. because that same day that I got back, our friends came over, I was telling them about the wedding and stuff. You know, when everybody left, disagreed on something and then boom, that's when the abuse, like, you know, uh, the mm -hmm. first time he actually, he punched me and I was bleeding, mm -hmm. like blood was oozing out and the kids uh, ran to pick up the phone to call and then, you know, Prior, not to do that. prior to him hitting you, there had been instances of verbal abuse. Oh, there's, oh, verbal abuse had been, oh, like every weekend. Can you imagine for like, you know, I experienced that. I don't know how I am still normal if it's not by the grace of God, because every single weekend I was getting that, you know, verbal abuse, like, you know, every single weekend. So this came it came now it became physical so i called 
his friends, they were at home before that happened. So instead of calling, I, I called them. So they rushed and then they saw like blood, they helped. Because if I had the emergency room, you know what, what would have happened, right? So yeah, so I just telling myself, I said, well, you know, whatever, I don't want to give him a record, but I would have to leave, you know. So after that incident, we were living like cat and mouse mm -hmm. at home. And then finally I left. That happened in September. So March of the next year, I left with it. Okay. You know, I left and I moved to Calgary and I was here from March till end of July. Mm -hmm. And I got a job with TBC. Okay. So I had to come back. I just want to tell you how manipulative these people are. Yeah. You know, I had to, I had to come back to Vancouver, you know, so I got back to Vancouver and I was living with a friend temporarily. Now looking for a place everywhere I went, they said, yeah, folk is your single mom of folk is, you know, yeah. frustrating, you know? Yes. So he calls me and he's like, Carlene, I have seen uh, a four bedroom uh, townhouse. We could leave there and then split, you know, like do 50, 50. Yeah. And then you have your own room. The kids have their own room. I have my own. So, you know, I told him, I said, you know what, I'm going to lie. That was the, the time that I did not follow my instinct. My gut was telling me not to go for that deal. Yeah. But I was looking at my kids. It's two weeks to school resuming. And uh, I'm like, you know, how would I handle the kids? But guess what? Do you know that I fell for it? We still went and signed the lease. That's where I made the biggest mistake of my life man i'm not gonna lie you know yeah and uh because before doing that i told him i'm like you know what i just want to tell you one thing if you continue with what you were doing before i don't care i am going to leave with the kids i'm just telling you yeah. so respect me respect my space we are roommates you know, the very second week after we got into that house, this boy broke my door. He mm -hmm. broke my door. He used a hammer and broke my phone. He, he was drinking. He took a beer and poured in, in, in my laptop. My MacBook I had bought that MacBook because he had spoiled my, the first one. I lost all, like, you know, I had knocked up any documents there, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. That was the second week after we got into the house. Mm -hmm. So from that week, every week was like that. So what I did was I was always on a fast, oh. you know? Yeah. Yes. I was fasting and my kids knew that like when I got home, whenever he was at home, I would be upstairs in my room, you know? Yeah. And then the kids would even bring food at times there and come give me. So mm -hmm. I was literally living in my own house, like a prisoner. Yeah, but while all this was going on, how did it affect the kids? Manny, I'll not lie to you. This kid, I believe God covered them. You know how our kids in Cameroon are strong, but I believe they need counseling. I was about to say, like, yes. they could be strong physically, but it could have emotional and psychological impacts on them. And I am seeing it because my daughter, months ago, she had mentioned, she said, oh, mom, I'm not going to get married. 
I made as if I had not heard. Then later on, I asked her why. She said she doesn't really. I, I explained to her. I said, don't think because of what I went through. Yeah. You know, all men would be like that. How old um, is your daughter? I, my daughter is 15. Yeah, and my son is 17. Okay. Yes. So uh, these children, they've gone through a lot because mm. there was a time that uh, my ex-husband took a knife. I mean, a knife. And he was, I don't know what he was coming to do with the knife. Wow. Yeah, and my son went and told him and my son was like, Daddy, you don't want to go to jail. Yeah. Please. Wow. That That's what he told him. Yeah, for it's like, to say that, yeah. Yes. And it broke my heart. I was, all along, I was playing the thing that made me stay because I didn't even care about my credit or whatever. I did not have the finances. I did not have the means mm -hmm. to move. You know what it takes for me to move from Vancouver to Calgary, then yes. move back, you know? Yeah. Yes. But... The, it is said that you know when the when the Lord is behind you, you know He guides your steps. Absolutely. You know, because during that time I was fasting, and um, the final day that I got the wake up call mm -hmm. was sometime in January. Imagine winter, yeah. And, and my kids and I had to sleep in my vehicle. We went and packed in a parking lot uh, around the house because he was in the house. He didn't want to to get into even the, into the kids rooms because i went where in my bedroom he had broken the door but you know we pushed it and then put my dresser there mm. no he came and he pushed it he was sitting we could not sleep we left we went into the kids room that had like a lock behind he came and he's like if i don't open that door he was gonna do something stupid mm. you know yeah and uh, I took it, I took them now, I put them in the car and uh, I warmed up the car and we slept in the car. I cried a baby on that day. I said, I'm so oh, sorry. Yeah. Look at me. I have a four bedroom house. I am paying for this house and this man is making, is treating me. So that day, what happened? I was talking to my friend and uh, my friend told me that, Kaleen, do you know that you can go to the emergency room and they'll check out a shelter for you okay i was like oh okay yes so i went to the richmond hospital because we're living in richmond okay so the richmond hospital was like five minutes walk from the house yeah so i went back to the house we packed all our necessary things i took my documents i took everything every necessary thing because he had drunk he wasn't like i don't know if he took drugs i'm not in the position to say if he took drugs because but the way he behaved that that day i believe more than just drinking mm -hmm. you know so i took the kids and uh and went to the hospital so they have the standard questions to ask if you're being abused or something like that you know they usually ask that in the emergency and i said no i said mm -hmm. i am afraid where i'm living uh, my husband is being abusive. I have called because I had called that shelter. They said they did not have space. I gave them the number. I said, I've called the shelter and they said they don't have space. My son at the time was 15. I have a 15 year old, old boy and they said, oh, they will have space for him. So the social worker came now mm -hmm. and then she called 
I thank God because from that hospital, I drove straight to the shelter. Mm-hmm. And we were there for six weeks. And they helped me when I wanted to move my stuff. They usually send like a police officer okay. to accompany you. Yes. I did that when he was at work. Okay. So the police officer came and I moved my stuff. They shipped it to cargo. Yeah. And uh, that's how I came back to Caribbean. But during that time, you know, I had stopped working. Mm-hmm. I explained my situation. I just thank God because I was working for the provincial government and they understand mental health, you know. Mm-hmm. So my supervisor at the time said I needed support. So I got referred to a counselor. So I was getting counseling every single week. And I thank God because it was an African lady who mm-hmm. understands me. Yeah. Yes. And that's very yes. important. She, like, that's very, very important. Very. Having someone from your culture and community who understands you. And another thing too is the support that you had. I mean, the friend who told you about the shelter, because if the friend hadn't told you about it, you wouldn't know that is something like that available for you, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's, that support is always very important. And I'm so glad yes. that you found, you found someone that could support you at that moment when you needed it. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Yes. Mm. Yes. And when they were talking about shelters, yeah. I thought it was where you had like this junkies. No, yeah. this place is like a safe home. It's equivalent to like a four-star hotel. Mm. I would not lie to you. Yeah. We had the best treatment in that place. Until I moved to Calgary and then I found my own place. They supported me. Yeah, I'm so glad you found the support that you needed. And then another thing too that I noticed is very often when people talk about, let's say, women who are going through abuse, they always think it's someone who maybe don't have a job, you have to rely on your partner and things like that. You had a good job. That's something I'm noticing because I've noticed in many cases when you hear people talking about a woman going through something, the first thing people ask is, do you have a job? Find something to do and all stuff like that, right? But I see that you are a woman who had a good job to work with the provincial government. So it's not just about you. It's not about who you are, but it's about who the other person is. Yes, thank you, Manny. I have always worked from the first day I got to Vancouver. I've worked, I worked with Bell for maybe about seven years. Then I got this job with the provincial government. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always quit because of this guy. You know, because my job with Bell, I quit when I moved to Calgary the first time. And then I got this job with the provincial government. I went back to BC. Mm-hmm. Yes, but he wouldn't like, he would come in the night. I didn't even tell you that part, like the door was broken, right? So when everybody's sleeping, he would, I'll just see somebody standing there like me. He was ready to like maybe strangle me or something, yeah. you know, it was that bad. I'm not going to lie. What has helped you during the recovery? I know you mentioned therapy and you've talked about your faith in God. So how has that helped you during your recovery? I know you're still in the recovery journey because it's a process. It's not like a process. process. So what are some of the things that have been helping you throughout this process? Okay. Yeah, as a community, I came here and... uh, and I met a wonderful community in Calgary mm-hmm. and uh, they embraced me, you know, like I have the support system here is great. And then also I am a Christian mm-hmm. and uh, I trust in God. 
you know i lost both parents when i was still little you know so it's god that has yes yes thank you it is god that it is by his special grace that i am alive now and i'm telling my story so that and then as well as therapy i had to attend uh, sessions uh, like therapy every week it used to be every week and then it went on to every other week mm-hmm. and then it went to one once a month and i was the one who stopped you know because i quit i officially quit my job from the provincial government mm-hmm. it's really fascinating that you mentioned therapy and your faith because very often i'm also a christian i know in the christian community some people think going through therapy is a sign of weakness but it's not you see you have your faith but therapy also helped you we need both god can use various means to heal people but if you feel that is leading you to take the path of therapy i'm so glad that you took that path and it helped you to have the courage to be in the position to share your story today i understand it takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of strength it takes a lot to get to that point to share your story and i know this is a combination of both your faith and your therapy just like you mentioned yes many thank you because honestly the therapy the lady it's an african lady and i wasn't like the first my first session i wasn't like real open um with, of course with her, yeah right? that's very yes. normal so i was kind of hiding stuff and like you know the second session i have to tell her everything even the things that i you know like it's a safe space mhm um she's not going to judge me mm-hmm. or anything you know and i told her every thing yes but then there were signs but i i uh, i honestly i didn't i overlooked the signs yeah because all that trying to have me dress in its own way that's control there okay. you know yeah that's control and i i didn't see it so the therapist she helped me a lot and she was telling me that she had people here in calgary she even gave me the name of a shelter here where yeah. because when i got to calgary we actually went to a shelter but it wasn't compared to what we had in vancouver and is that it comes to the therapies that i got that information you know and all of that people who think therapy is not good i'm telling you from experience you know you need it you need yeah. it because i just stopped i paused but i'll definitely continue because i need it son i still get ptsd like i yeah. get post traumatic i don't sleep at mm-hmm. night i'm like is he going to come and uh, my team my doctor here has been great you know the one in vancouver they actually saw it doctor in vancouver she was like kaline can i talk to your husband i didn't want to get him involved so yes so i am grateful for the team you know who worked with me and where i am thanks to them if they did not work with me maybe something horrible would have happened to me yes uh, that's a miss that you found the support that you needed if there's someone who is great gets into a relationship always in a relationship what are some of the signs to look out for i know not every relationship is the same they are all different there are different dynamics but from your own experience of course everybody is different right but but there are some signs there are some things that are very common like a possessive man you would know from the things he says that possessive men and i believe all of this is because i had a very positive man and an insecure when you're insecure and possessive you don't want your wife to go even i was going grocery shopping with all four kids can you believe that i didn't really care honestly yeah. yes you know so 
watch out a man would tell you don't wear that or don't wear you know mm-hmm. to me those are the little things a man who tries to control even that some men who control your friends oh don't talk to this person i'm like no you know you have to watch out for little things right now i've said that even i'm in a relationship with a man who if you say move we're done yeah. yes so those are the little things you have to look out for okay. yes so I know you are involved in some work to support women. You have a not-for-profit organization. You have an upcoming session with women all over the world. So can you tell us more about it? Yes, thank you, Mani. Uh, I created a non-profit. The name is Anami's uh, Helping Hands. The name, honestly, I got it. There was a day that I was quiet and in prayers and I got that name. I didn't know what it meant oh. later on that I, yes, we have a session. What I do is we have like zoom sessions, like a safe space where women come and speak out. Yeah. So we have a session September 19th. Okay. Uh, 2 PM Eastern. That would be my time. It will be 12 PM. And then your time will be 11, 11 AM 11 you know, Pacific. Yes. And mine is mountain time. So I scheduled it. Uh, that time so that everybody, you know, all the women in Cameroon, mm-hmm. in Europe could participate as well because they were left out in the first Zoom meeting. Also, I have a website, which I am I'm working on. I'm the one trying to build it and it's donamieshh.org. You can go there. I put a few things there, but then it's not yet real functional. Hopefully by the end of the month, everything will be up and running. Yeah, what I do is at the end of this month, I have to go to a few shelters and give little goodie bags with sanitizers, masks, Mary Kay, hand cream, Mm -hmm. and uh, hand wash, you know, to the women uh, there. So that, I mean, they feel so good. They pamper themselves and feel good. Amazing. That's wonderful. Such a great work. Yes. And uh, yeah, so that's the purpose for Donomies is to educate women, to empower women. Mm-hmm. And to tell them, like those who are still in an abusive relationship, that they can leave, you know, they can leave, even if it's temporary, really, yeah. you know, for the person to heal. And then you go back. I'm not asking women to leave their marriages, but then your life is most important, you know. Yeah. Yes. And yes, so this is, we're trying to educate them because there are many people who don't think they are in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, they don't know. They don't know the signs, you know? Yeah. Yes. Now that's why I asked for the signs because there are people yes. who have been in an abusive relationship and sometimes we can mistake control and possessiveness for love, right? You might think maybe the, the person just loves you so much of which is signs of something that could lead to that's, more yes, to abuse, yes. actions. Yes. yes, because that's what I thought, honestly, because of course the first four years I thought, you know, but then those little things, oh, you, I would dress like this and then you tell me not to. That's, I did not know, mm-hmm. honestly. I did not know those were signs of an abusive man, of a possessive man, you know, yes. So that's what I do. Like I actually give talks now to educate women so that they know. And then for those who have, come out of domestic violence what we do is we try to get them up and going like careers the ones who want to do business yeah. you know we try to help set them up that's the purpose for yeah, for my very cool. that's such a great work and i pray god is going to continue to empower you to do more i have one more question you are a christian and your faith played a very 
important role to mention you were fasting while all this was going on, right? So was your ex-husband also a Christian? Was he a practicing Christian? Did he share the same faith with you? You know that Christians and they're Christians, right? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, I think it's just ones that went to church together, you know. Okay. So what he would do is when he wants me back, he would use the church thing and say, let's pray together and stuff. You understand? Yeah. Then I'll fall. You understand? Yes. Yeah. So he wasn't here. So I was the person who would like, you know, pray fast and do stuff, but he wasn't. I don't know if he's become a Christian now. I don't really know, but okay. during the time when we're together, no. no oh, okay. No. I just thought it was important for me to ask that because sometimes... Yes, because... Mm -hmm. Like often we say, pray for the person, pray for the person, but it's also about the person's choice. If you're praying for someone and the person hasn't made the choice to be committed to their spiritual journey, it's not going to make any impact in their life, right? Yes. There was this day I had gone to the African store and I saw a flyer. So there was a pastor that was coming in from, I believe from Congo. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know. I brought it home and I said, oh, we can go here. And I prayed. I said, Lord, let this man, whatever this man says, yeah. should touch my husband. And guess what? Went to that church and every single thing that that pastor preached, I'm not going to lie, it was my husband's life. Wow. So after That's service, it. I asked him, I said, have you gone and seen? He's like, ah, I don't go and tell my life to people. You know, yeah. So because that day I fell under, that was the first day I fell under the the Holy Spirit. I was okay. shaking like, and my kids were like, "What's happening to mommy?" So mm -hmm. you do you know what my my ex husband said? He said that that the demonic people fall under the anointing. That <laughs> I am demonic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know when someone doesn't take responsibility, we always find a way to put the blame. If you're not taking responsibility, yes, yes. then you're blaming. So it, there's always that pattern. Well, thank you so much, Karen, yeah. for sharing your story with us. It's really amazing to learn what you've gone through and see how you're using your experience to give back to the society. And if someone wants to connect with you, you've mentioned your website. Is there any other way they can connect with you? Maybe on social media? Yeah, so I'll give my business number is 587 four two nine three four four eight again five eight four two nine three four four eight and then my email address is c thompson at gmail.com okay. you know spelled c n c a m s e n at gmail.com okay so yeah that's my contact uh, thank you so much for this episode it's amazing and i've learned so much from it and i know anyone who is going through domestic violence now knows the signs to look out for and also know that there's support and there's someone who's been through it and is ready to help them have a better life from what they're experiencing right now so thank you so much for sharing this and for everyone listening i'm going to put Kaleen's contact in the description of this podcast so you can find how to connect with her. Please connect with her, support her non-for-profit organization and spread this message because you don't know who might be listening to it, who needs the help. So please share the podcast with someone 
And don't forget to check out Kalin's website when it's up and running. I'm going to put the link in the description. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you.